Welcome to where the big boys play. Welcome to 20 years of Nitro. Worldwide edition. <laughs> Our post-Nitro bonus show where we dive into the dirt sheets and check out the other channel as we round up the week in wrestling that was November 11th to November 17th, 1996. I am your host, Tim Root, and with me, <laughs> as always, it's my broadcast colleague, Dave Amendorp. How are you doing this week, Dave? I am st- I'm doing good. Uh, like I said, I don't <laughs> last week, <laughs> last week. <laughs> spoiler alert for you that, or, or peek behind the curtain for you, the audience, we record this immediately after our other episode. We <laughs> release it a week later. <laughs> Dave was having trouble <laughs> putting his mind a week later, put it in the kayfabe moments. Like, yeah. I feel like a week stronger, a week better, a week <laughs> yeah. faster. I've lost a lot of weight. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but no, I, I, I'm excited for this episode cause we're going to talk about uh survivor series 96, which is, uh, wait, we are, aren't we? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, of course, this episode is our companion to episode 61 in which we reviewed the November 11th, 1996 episode of Monday Nitro. So if you haven't listened to that episode yet, do yourself a favor, check it out, listen to all about I'm Your Man, the Roddy Piper music video, mm-hmm. then come back and listen to us talk about everything in wrestling that wasn't that Nitro. <laughs> right. Now, before we move on to all that other stuff, I do want to remind you that you can follow us on Twitter at 20 Years of Nitro. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash 20 Years of Nitro. And you can email the show at 20 Years of Nitro at gmail.com. The first thing that we're going to do this week is switch the channel over to USA because it's time for our Raw Recap. Over on Raw, uh, it was like a really dull week. Uh, Mostly they just were like, you know, sending it over to Doc Hendricks in the control center to promote uh, Survivor Series. So like they, it's not like now where they have a go home show and they do big angles to promote it. Yeah. It's mostly just like a guy running down video packages and telling you to watch it, promoting it that way. Uh, The matches that we got were Owen and Bulldog who defeated uh, HBK and Sid, of course, the Guys facing each other for the Michaels uh, HBKs. Oh, right. And in, in last week, we kind of had like the, the dusty finish that, yeah. that set up this match. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, they just uh, – I I honestly didn't watch Raw because instead I watched the Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming some kind of miscommunication happened and they fought each other instead. Right. Uh, who knows? I don't give a shit. <laughs> Mankind <laughs> defeated Freddie Joe Floyd. And Steve Austin defeated Bob Holly. Wow. Uh, so, they yeah, they followed up that big – weak with a gun and that huge angle yeah with a what sounds like at least a very lackluster episode of monday night raw mm-hmm. 
Uh, that's probably part of the reason why Nitro beat Raw in our ratings roundup uh, with Raw had a 2.5 and Nitro beat it by a full point with a 3.5, a 3.0, and a 4.0 in hour one and two respectively. So that does mean when they were airing, they were on average a half a point apart, mm-hmm. which is a little close. Like, I, I think that's actually closer than it's been at times. Yeah. But we can get into the breakdown here. And Dave Meltzer points out that it was a 0.5 lead, uh, which is substantial, but says that it was the closest margin in the head to head hour in several weeks, which he says lends credence to the belief that the one hour earlier time slot is a competitive advantage for the WWF. Uh, the first 15 minutes, both shows were at a 2.7. Raw started three minutes early again, which mm-hmm. Nitro still hasn't countered, so they're still getting a little bit of a lead, and, yeah. and that's why they were able to start uh, equally. But eventually, as the two shows kind of kept going, WCW pulled away and just increased their lead the rest of the night. Nitro jumped 0.7 in the ratings for Rey Mysterio's match, so Rey equals ratings at this point. That's nice. almost a full point. Okay. And they uh, jumped up another 0.7 when Raw ended, so they peaked... The sh- the ratings peaked for Nitro at a 4.4. Do you want to guess at what segment they peaked? Mm, I'm your man. <laughs> the Roddy Roddy Piper music yes! video and the Hogan promo. So Let's get a replay next week. <laughs> <laughs> Raw easily won kids this week. So we talked last week about how Nitro won in the kids demographic for the first time. Uh, that is not something that became a trend as Nitro was able, or excuse me, Raw was able to turn that around and get the kids back this week, and it wasn't even close, apparently. So yeah. uh, also doesn't seem like kids, uh, that parents are going to stop their kids from watching Raw, even though there was a gun on it last week. <laughs> even though there was a gun <laughs> that was apparently shot at a wrestler. The next thing I want to talk about before we get into our other normal segments, on Nitro, Scott Hall plugged the new uh, NWOWrestling.com, mm-hmm. and I thought that that seemed like the perfect thing for us to talk about over here on the Worldwide Edition. So thanks to the Internet Archive's Wayback Machine, I was able to actually see what that page looked like in December of 1996. Oh. Uh, you can do that yourself by checking out the Internet Archive or searching for the Wayback Machine, and then just plugging in NWO Wrestling. Uh, and they have different pages are cached in different months, so you don't get a perfect image of what it looked like at this exact moment in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I can describe like most of what it looked like, and I actually have a segment of the entire page that I'm going to read here. Uh, it's kind of a slow news week, so I'm padding it out with some of this other <laughs> stuff. Uh, but I think it's kind of interesting. The page is, of course, all black and white, and it features a background image of Hogan holding up a title with Hall's face in the foreground. It's like a... It's an image that they use as a background image, and they've tiled it instead of, like, centered one big one. It's, like, a bunch of small ones tiled. Sweet. It's a huge just punch of nostalgia looking at this website. It reminds me so much of website design uh, that we do not, thankfully, that we do not do anymore as a society. We were so bad at website design uh, in the early period. Uh, so looking at this site is just hilarious. Uh, there's different sections. The sections, here's the titles for the sections. Mission statement, corporate bios, Mm -hmm. surveillance video feed, merchandise, and feedback. I'm looking at it right now. (laughs) There's also a link (laughs) on the bottom of the site for news. In the middle is a link for a new issue of something called Money Talks with Ted DiBiase. (laughs) Uh, But sadly, that link is not archived, so I cannot tell you what that actually led to. But I do have the mission statement of the NWO. (laughs) I'm looking at it right now. 
it's uh they're doing the like they've it's like a ransom note where it's all in different <laughs> fonts and different font sizes it looks so goofy now it's like someone did lots of copying and pasting but they yes. didn't like reformat it <laughs> so here is the mission statement of the nwo we are the kind of guys who like to say we told you so we take an aggressive take charge approach to everything we do in life we train hard we work hard we play hard. <laughs> this is the happiest time in our lives, and we've had, l- <laughs> and we've had a lot of happy times. <laughs> for years, we've worked for other guys, and sure, along the way, we enjoyed a lot of success. We've made a lot of other people quite rich in the process. Now we're doing things for ourselves, no one else! <laughs> Exclamation point. We're all having fun, as I think everyone can see. Right. There's nothing more exciting than going out and making your dreams come true. <laughs> Clearly no one in the NWO wrote this. This, this sounds like someone that finally got their life together in their yeah. 50s and is like writing like a can-do, positive experience yeah. sort of like memoir. Yeah, this is Karen's post-opioid addiction journal. We train hard, we work hard, and we play hard. There are people who make things happen, people who watch things happen, and people who don't know anything happened at all. Well, I think it's pretty clear that the NWO falls in the first category. We're grabbing our piece of the American dream. We can't just sit around and wait for someone to give it to you. You've got to seize the moment. And we've done just that. And now this sounds like a a pyramid scheme. (laughs) This (laughs) is like your aunt coming over and she's trying to sell your mom essential oils. Mm Mm-hmm. WCW is a strong, viable company. We know that. That's why we picked them to take over. Uh Uh-huh. They promised us a war. Well, we're wondering if they can even give us a good fight. Uh Uh-huh. WCW is not that big building in downtown Atlanta. It's not CNN Center. Nor is it the ring trucks or the TV equipment that you see when you watch a Monday Nitro telecast. WCW is made up of all the wrestlers, all the announcers, all the crew, all the staff. All of them. The humans humans who make WCW what it is. We We know know that. that. (laughs) The the humans. This is so weird. I didn't actually read all of it. I just pasted it into my notes. I was like, (laughs) I'm going to read it on the show. So So to take the company, we've got to take the people. We either take them out or take them in. <laughs> so you either fight with us or you fight against us. Okay, I, that, that's pretty clear. We hope all the WCW wrestlers know that this is all business to us. It's not personal, other than with a few guys like Lex Luger and Jeff Jarrett, because they chose to make it personal. Uh... I remember this is from December, so I think there may be some developments that are we're not seeing that will be, maybe be reflected by the time this is written. Well, I just... It just sounds like there's a very shaky like definition of what is personal. Sure, sure, sure. We have an agenda. We're out to accomplish our goals, and anyone, and that does mean anyone in a position at World Championship Wrestling, who wants to try to get in our way or try to stop us, can go ahead and try. Taking over World Championship Wrestling has, in reality, been much easier than we've thought. <laughs> We've conquered all the humans of WCW. Uh, I'm actually going to skip an entire paragraph because this (laughs) just goes on. Yes. 
Uh, oh, I do like this line though. In the pair, I was I was gonna skip this, but I'll include it. There's a lot of people in America who are sitting home eating potato chips, watching TV, living vicariously through the NWO. Ah, uh, so you hate us because you're just jealous. Nonetheless, we don't. Nonetheless, that's just how these guys talk. <laughs> right. Nonetheless, we don't care if the fans cheer or boo us, just as long as they pay attention to us. Whatever you want to call us, that's fine. Just don't call us late for any WCW parties. Yeah. Because we will be the party crashers. We're getting some dad jokes in here. Those coat and tie types at WCW <laughs> now have to listen to us. Yeah, Tony Schiavone. We didn't come into their world at the ground floor. We came in at the penthouse level. And you can bet that's where the NWO will stay. Respectfully submitted. <laughs> <laughs> Respectfully submitted. That's that's how Scott Hall writes. Kevin Nash and Scott Hall, co-founders, NWO. Wow. Oh, boy. What a website. That... So, yeah, definitely go to the Internet Archive and check out whatever you want. They've got a few different years. I didn't look too far ahead. You can actually, like, even do a lot of the pages. You can change by the month. Mm-hmm. So if you go to, like, the news section, you can kind of cycle through different months. Uh, meanwhile, over at WCWWrestling.com, I actually found a section where they had weekly Nitro reports written by Ross Foreman, who was the executive editor of WCW Magazine. He's currently uh, an employee of Impact Wrestling, so he still works in the business. Oh, good for him. On, under his recap of the Nitro that we just watched this week was a three-question interview with Chavo Guerrero. Hmm. Uh, is Chavo Guerrero a sports fan? Well, he likes Michael Jordan, but not the Bulls. <laughs> okay. He's a Laker fan and loves playing basketball, though he doesn't have time for it anymore. Mm, uh, that's too bad. What are his favorite shows and musical groups? He likes Seinfeld, The Simpsons, and Saturday Night Live. For music, he likes everything from, quote, heavy metal to Barry Manilow. Hmm. Have I, you had... Uh, I feel like he just named three shows, by the way. Very definitely. Yeah. I don't really watch TV. Well, just just name some shows, okay? We're on a schedule here. Have you had any serious injuries as a wrestler? No, but he did break his collarbone twice in amateur wrestling. Okay. And that's been three questions with Chavo Guerrero. (laughs) Only three questions. It seems like a weekly thing this guy does where he writes a Nitro report and does three questions with one of the guys. Yeah. So anyway, that's what was going on over at the respective websites of World Championship Wrestling and the NWO. Mm-hmm. And with that out of the way, that brings us to a little segment that we like to call Observe This. Observe This, brother! This is what we call a rag sheep. On Saturday, November 16th, the Cable Ace Awards aired. Hogan, Nash, and Hall (laughs) were in four skits with the idea that they weren't being allowed into the show. Uh, The host of the show was future WWE Hall of Famer Drew Carey. (laughs) Right. And uh, eventually the woman who played Mimi on the Drew Carey show, the big lady with the crazy makeup, who was like his antagonist. Mm -hmm. Uh, So she was like his antagonist at the Cable Ace Awards. And she let in the NWO. Uh, uh, so they got into Carrie's dressing room and the show ends with like him going into his dressing room and they they close the door and you hear them beating him up. That's how <laughs> that's how the cable ace words ended. <laughs> They're killing me. <laughs> Help. World wrestling champ Hulk Hogan's career could now be aptly titled the good, the bad and the ugly. 
Our e-cameras caught up with the new Hollywood Hulk Hogan and his band of vigilantes who call themselves the NWO, or the New World Order, as they crashed last month's Cable Ace Awards here in Los Angeles. All these people here, along with Ted Turner, got a lot of gall, man. We are the heartbeat of the hottest cable show on TV today. They call it WCW Monday Nitro, soon to be NWO for life. So tonight we decided their plan, man, they know the deal. We're going to go in the back door, punk a few guys, push them out of the way, and grab Ted Turner by a skinny little neck and take what's ours. Turner Broadcasting's WCW Monday Night Nitro has become one of the hottest two hours of live programming each week on cable television. And once again, WCW has just shocked the world! Executive Vice President and Producer of WCW Monday Nitro, Eric Bischoff, brought wrestling out of the doldrums and into the mid-90s by taking the beloved Hulkster and turning him bad. I'm not surprised at all at the popularity of the NWO. You know, it all started with Scott Hall and Kevin Nash came along and then Hulk Hogan abandoned that red and yellow stuff that he was doing for so long. I did everything for the kids and the reception I got when I came out here. You fans can stick it, brother. This from the man who's soon to be seen portraying Santa at Christmas time. Now he spray paints, spits, defiles, and beats up anyone in his path. Hogan has his own unique view on his dual career. You, know, you don't understand. The kids are so much smarter than you people here at ETV, man. I mean, give me a break. The kids know the NWO's cool. They know what it takes to get by. But then, when it's time to take care of business, you step in the ring and you make the first move. When it's time to be Santa, you step up to the mark and chop down the first tree. We just got done body slamming Turner, his organization, his big high rise in Atlanta, and the whole WCW. Now the NWO. We're going to body slam Beverly Hills and the little click around here, just like we did the whole wrestling world. Man, we make a gong with a win, you two guys. Man, Samson, maybe you could be Caesar. I mean, hey, I don't frankly, know. I don't give a darn. Horace Boulder, who worked the most recent syndication tapings, is Hulk's nephew, Mike Balea, who, from what uh, Meltzer heard, was not a jobber at the tapings and didn't look too bad. <laughs> That's just what he was told. He, he didn't see it himself yet quote-unquote didn't look too bad speaking of hulk hogan wwf is suspending group drug testing uh, okay it's a joke because he does steroids <laughs> that was <laughs> they're claiming that the use of illegal drugs and illegal steroids is now so low that the testing is a waste of money <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're going to come back clean anyway, so why even bother? <laughs> why even bother? Uh, now, the contracts of WWF performers still forbid these things, mm -hmm. and the company can still drug test any individual at any time. Okay. There is just now systematic randomized testing of, like, the entire talent pool. Right. Uh, now, they don't look good for that, but Dave points out that ECW doesn't do any testing. Mm -hmm. New Japan Wrestling and most of Japan only tests for HIV. Uh, WCW supposedly has a program, mm -hmm. but Dave has like never heard of a person getting tested and is pretty sure that at the very least all their top stars never get tested at all. Yeah. So, yes, the WWF looks shitty for this uh, because they had something that they are like making less rigorous. But the thing they had was like, and and still have is for the industry 
pretty average, if not better than average, for mm-hmm. the industry that they're in. And in their defense, everyone's doing it. <laughs> also in their defense, drugs are cool. <laughs> right. You know, have you ever done drugs? It's the best. <laughs> I if, encourage all our listeners to do drugs. In fact, I'm doing drugs right now. AAA's woes continue as their second biggest draw, La Parca, is leaving the company for Conan's promo Azteca. Hmm. La Parca was actually offered more money by AAA to try to keep him in the fold, but a lack of consistent payments and a suggestion that he turn back heel persuaded him to go AWOL, and he no-showed his bookings to instead go to Florida for WCW. I really feel like it's that first part that was more important than the yes. heel turn. It's It's like... Yeah, that was a big deal, but also the not getting paid was also a, a deal breaker. <laughs> so Laparka just like went AWOL, uh-huh. uh, had his wife lie to Antonio Pena about where he was. He went to Florida to just <laughs> see if he could get on their t- tapings, <laughs> which he did. As I mentioned in our last episode, he worked the dark match uh, after the show against Miguel Perez Jr. Once Antonio Pena figured out what was happening, he announced to the media that Laparka was going to be in the Royal Rumble. Because right. <laughs> he's been working on a relationship with WWF to try to counter promo Azteca taking the WCW deal. Yeah. So he's like, okay, I better do something so that my guys stick around. <laughs> I know. I'll just make something up. <laughs> so he is legitimately working uh, with Vince. They're working at getting something together. They're not that far in the process, but they're working on something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he is majorly jumping the gun by announcing that Park is going to be in the Royal Rumble. He's just hoping that Parker hears that and is like, oh, that sounds like a pretty good deal. Right. And decides to come back. Yeah. Uh, that does not happen. <laughs> oh, wow. But Laparca in the Royal Rumble and possibly in the WWF instead of the Cruiserweight division, that's kind of an interesting what if uh, for wrestling history. Oh, sure. Absolutely. But <laughs> but also it's like, it's also like, hey, you know me, your promoter that doesn't pay you? Well, I found this other job that <laughs> might pay you. <laughs> A while back, we talked about the WWF's idea to have an ECW-like uh, new program on the show. We, you remember we talked about that? A yeah. A new syndicated show that kind of just rips off ECW. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, they're still uh, in the planning stages, and the name of that program is apparently going to be Shotgun Saturday Night. Oh. And it's tentatively scheduled to debut on January 4th. So we'll see. Uh, we'll kind of keep our eye on that as it continues. Yeah, we yeah, still a couple months away. We talked in our last Worldwide episode about uh, Hulk Hogan, who had an appearance on Regis and Kathy Lee. Well, like Hulk Hogan, Shawn Michaels appeared on that same program to hype up the Survivor Series. Mm -hmm. So he was on this week. The women go crazy over you. You're the heartthrob of the (laughs) WWE. You're the heartbreak kid. Well, yeah, that's 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 what I'm in my my gear, but not not today. I'm just Shawn, mostly. (laughs) Well, maybe that's because he gets his heart broken more than he breaks other people. And that's the truth, too. Oh, please. Hey, it's true. (laughs) Oh, please, the two of you. It's true. Who who broke your heart last? Everybody. Last girl I went out with. Really? And you know what? She She didn't want to wrestle? Well. (laughs) Hey, Sunday night you got a big one, huh? Yes. Fighting Sid. And, uh, well, I, what's I, your strategy against a big guy like that, Sean? Run. Are you in? <laughs> run as fast as run I can. Run between his legs a lot to exactly. hide him from behind. Yeah. Right. Run around a lot till he gets tired and kick him in the chin and call it a night. <laughs> but he's your... All right, there you go. The Survivor Series goes on. Here it is, Sean. Wear it well. Thank you very much. And good luck to you. Say it like a young mama. I will. Thank you. Yeah. He loves his mom. I love 
and that's really about it as far as the observer like i said there was not a ton of big news yeah uh in the wrestling observer so that's going to bring us uh the next thing that i actually want to talk about are some results that happened in the rival american promotions uh before we talk about survivor i want to talk about saturday november 16th uh that's when ECW held their November to Remember. That's a. It's not a pay per view yet. I believe that it will become one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is just a big annual show that ECW puts on, kind of a super show. Yeah. And uh, the results were as such: Stevie Richards, who is now being billed as Big Stevie Cool, yep. as part of the BWO with the Blue Guy and Hollywood Nova. Yes. Uh, he defeated Davy Morton, Tyler Jericho. That's one name, Davey Morton, Tyler Jericho, who will uh, go on to be billed as Kid Cash in the future. Much better name. Yes. <laughs> Axel Rotten defeated Hack Myers. Uh-huh. Bubba Ray Dudley defeated Devon Dudley. Whoa. Rob Van Dam and Sabu faced the Eliminators and went to a time limit draw in a number one contenders match hmm. for the Gangsta's uh, ECW tag team titles. Okay. Chris Candido defeated Mikey Whipwreck. The Gangstas retained their titles against RVD and Cebu and the Eliminators. Mm, okay. And uh, then they did, uh, this is kind of a funny bit. So two, school, two Cold Scorpio, he's been a ECW star. They like him there. Yeah. He is leaving for the WWF. In fact, we will talk about him when we get to tomorrow's Survivor Series results. Uh, so he's leaving ECW, but he's on the show. The fans are chanting, you sold out. He gives a heel promo saying that everyone knew that he was there that night to do a job and to pass the torch, but he's decided not to do that. Oh. So he says that uh, he's going to have a loser leaves town for 15 days match and out comes Devin Storm. Scorpio destroyed him in a minute. (laughs) So Devin Storm is now out of ECW for a whopping two weeks and a day. No, Devin. Then Scorpio demanded a loser leaves town for a month match and out came JT Smith whom Scorpio squashed in 30 seconds. No, J.T. Smith, been too long. He then demanded a loser leaves town for two months match, and out came Hack Myers, and Scorpio <laughs> beat him in a minute. No, uh, Hack Myers. Hack Myers is actually moving to Florida, I think it is. So he is... Uh, I'm, I'm busy moving, guys. <laughs> so Paul just like took advantage of the fact he was moving to do this like he has to leave because of too cold scorpio so he's beat all these guys he's made them leave Mm -hmm. then he asked for a loser leaves town for one year match and out came louis spicoli who beat scorpio and sent him off to wwf where he's going to appear for the first time tomorrow night (laughs) the sandman retained the ecw title defeating raving uh terry funk returning to ecw after a year away teamed with tommy dreamer to defeat shane douglas and primetime Brian Lee. And from what uh, Meltzer's heard, uh, Terry Funk is going to actually be around ECW for a while. He also was on last year's November to Remember show, mm-hmm. but like not much before or after that. He's been in ECW for stints before, but it's actually been a few years since he was kind of a regular there, but it sounds like he's he's going to settle in for another run with the company. Oh, right. I just I keep forgetting it's 96. Yes. <laughs> All right, well, that brings us to Sunday, November 17th, and let's go through our Survivor Series results. Let's. In the opening bout, Furness and LaFond, who we've talked about, Doug Furness and, and Phil uh, LaFond, and Phil LaFond mm-hmm. uh, who were, we were in ECW back when we did the uh, 
We checked in with them at the one-year mark of Nitro. They were champions for a day. Yes, they were uh, baby faces, and along with the Godwins, they defeated the Bulldog and Owen Hart, plus the New Rockers, uh, Leaf Cassidy yep. and Marty Jannetty. Mm-hmm. This is a very weird match because I, uh, it's weird seeing the New Rockers as heels. Like, Marty Jannetty as a heel is truly bizarre because mm-hmm. he's kind of doing a baby face thing, but, like, just over the top so that... It's like an annoying baby face is kind of the way that he's doing it. It's yeah. very strange. Uh, Furnace and LaFond are the, uh, the only survivors of that match. The Undertaker defeated Mankind with uh, Paul Bearer suspended in a shark cage. Oh, yep. yep. It's pretty fun. They've got a camera in the shark cage, and occasionally they cut to it just so you can hear him going like, Oh, no! I'm so high above the river ghost! <laughs> Uh, and then he, the Undertaker, is supposed to get like to kick Paul Bear's ass afterward, but the Executioner interferes and stops he that from should happening. have known he was in a debut or maybe not. Or... He hadn't. De- this was after he he had already debuted, but oh. yeah, it was uh, just an annoying little bump in the road for. All- <laughs> this is like the debut of new. Uh, I can wrestle Undertaker. Oh, like before he'd always had these slow plotting matches here. Mm -hmm. He comes, he's got that like teardrop thing and the weird bat outfit, Mm -hmm. but the announcers actually like, even before the match, they're like, I predict we're going to see a new aggressive, like Matt based under, it's just like weird how much they're very open about being like, no, he wrestles now. It's different. (laughs) They're very open about it. Yeah. And this is, this is still during that, like the period when it, when it took about five years from to regain the WWF title. Yeah. And he just has all of these just random ass like feuds yeah. with guys that were made just a few with him and they just are never able to get over afterwards. Yes. So fortunately, I mean, we're getting closer to the end of that. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, then Jake Roberts, Mark Miro, Rocky Maivea and the stalker, Barry Windham defeated crush Goldust, Jerry Lawler and triple H. Uh, with Rocky Maivia, the newcomer, mm-hmm. making his debut tonight. He's the sole survivor. Rookie sensation. Bret Hart defeated Stone Cold Steve Austin in a Stone Cold Classic. Just a hell of a match. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd seen it before, but it had been maybe two, three years. Uh, sat down and watched that. Every bit as good as I remember. Just a hell of a match. I like it, I think, more than the Mania um, submission match, personally. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I've I've said, like for the longest time that I think that that is a, it's a better quality match yeah. than not. I mean, obviously, I mean, both matches are great. I would say for both those wrestlers, both those matches are probably in their top 10. Yeah, sure. Um, And, and the I quit match is obviously far more iconic. It's one of the most iconic matches ever. Yeah. But just as far as like the actual substance to the match itself, the Survivor Series '96 to me is the higher quality one, but yeah, again, I I feel like they're kind of like they're they're like bookends of sorts, but then also, I, and I'm looking forward to when we get to it, like a few months from now, is that at the end of your house after WrestleMania, that that Steve, that Bret Hart and Steve Austin have another match, a no holds barred match that's pretty often forgotten, but is like just on it's like almost on par with those two, yeah. So. Um, that'll be that'll be a good one to kind of like re-explore once you know when we get there in ten years. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Diesel, fake Diesel, obviously, yes. fake Razor Ramon, Farouk and Vader defeated Flash Funk. That is two gold Scorpio <laughs> doing a very not racist pimp gimmick. 
He's a pimp, yeah. Uh, Jimmy Snuka, who is a surprise fill-in for Mark Henry. Savio Vega. his girlfriend in May 1983. Mark Henry? I don't... I'm just kidding. <laughs> Savio Vega and Yokozuna. That's the the one, like, shitty match of the night. The rest, the rest of the night, even, like, the ones with guys like the Godwins, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, nothing's bad except that match. And then Psycho Sid defeated Shawn Michaels to become the World Wrestling Federation World Heavyweight Champion. Uh, there was some chicanery... Um, Sean's friend and mentor, Jose Lothario, appears to be having a heart attack. Mm-hmm. Sean's distracted, and Sid attacks him with, like, a camera. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so Psycho Sid is now your World Wrestling Federation champion. And I and I feel like this is an earlier example that I know of of the fans during a match turning against the, the, uh, the hero. Yeah. And cheering for the bad guy instead because they do not care for the person that's being pushed as a face. Um, I mean, I'm sure there are other examples of it, and maybe I don't remember the match that well because I feel like it is pretty one-sided. But maybe that's not the the case. But it was it, it definitely felt like they were at the point where like we just need someone else as champion because yeah, at least the the like the male part of the audience was not buying Shawn Michaels as like the top guy. Yeah, there's actually a a letter that I I didn't include because I went through letters last week, but there was a letter to Meltzer that was in the Observer this week that was all about how male fans are just going to reject Shawn Michaels no matter how good he is. Yeah. Uh, especially as, like, the babyface anchor of the organization. Maybe as a top heel, um, but just not in the spot that he's being programmed right now. Yeah. I mean, because it's nothing to do with his in-ring work because, yeah. I mean, he's doing the best he can against, like, just the widest variety of different yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah. So. Meltzer thinks that the plan is to transition the belt from... Sid to Brett rather quickly mm-hmm. so that Brett can defend against Sean at WrestleMania. Uh, but Brett's book says that the idea was for Sean to regain the title in his hometown of San Antonio at the Royal Rumble in January and then possibly defend against Brett at Mania. Um, what Brett's understanding coming back is that he's going to have that match against Austin and then he believes that he is supposed to have a match against Sean where he is going to win the title from Sean, mm-hmm. and then they will have a third match where he will put Sean over and then endorse Sean as the future of the WWF. So that's where Brett's. That's what Brett believes the plan to be at this point. I mean, I mean the whole the um, the whole setup. Because one thing, there's a just random ass thing that I remember from WWF magazine. Yeah, sure. That we got back in the day was like back when they were. Um, when they were doing like the, like the magazine that has the results for Survivor Series and is doing a preview for the next pay-per-view, um, like the December In Your House, and then was already doing a preview for the Royal Rumble. Yeah. They already had Shawn Michaels listed as the challenger. Ah, interesting. Um, and that was, to me, the whole thing about like getting all these fans into San Antonio um, to fill up that, that stadium. Yeah. it Everything about it points to that, that would be like, we want Shawn to regain the title there. Yeah, and it that yeah. makes the most sense to me. I think, especially as a babyface, and it definitely him chasing the title. Yeah, from Sid, who like beat him when his mentor was having this uh, supposed heart attack. Like that's probably a better story than Sean, the babyface champion, defending against so and so. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, that that definitely makes yeah. a lot of sense. And then and then having that lead up to Sean defending against Brett at at WrestleMania as like. It's the rematch from the previous WrestleMania. Right. Um, 
I'm, that I, I could totally see how that was originally the plan. Yeah, so let's see how that turns out. Real I, good, I expect. <laughs> I expect nothing but good things. <laughs> All right. Well, it's a pretty short worldwide edition this week, but uh, but that's probably a good thing because, like I mentioned, we're actually recording this. For you, the listener, it will have been like a, a week ago. So right now, the Raw After Mania is on, and I really want to watch that uh, Rollins versus Kofi winner-take-all match. I can't wait to see who is definitely the double champion after that. Yeah, we're both uh, obviously predicting that some sort of villainy uh, will present a new challenger or for you, one or both men. Or you said what well, you said earlier, chicanery. Chicanery, yes. There's there, gonna be some definite chicanery. Yeah, going we're on. gonna get some new challengers for these guys, and a, a certainly no real finish to this match, but it should be a, a good match nonetheless. Yeah, unlike, uh, yeah. And we will be back with you. Oh, you know what? Hmm. I almost didn't give people the syndication results, Dave. Oh, wow. How wow. will they get by through the week if they don't know who won on Pro what and main the event? Fuck. All right. Saturday the 16th, main event. Dick Slater defeated the Gambler. M. Wall Street defeated Prince Iakea, uh, the the real one. Yes, yep. On Saturday night, Jim Duggan defeated the Gambler. Hugh Morris defeated Jim Powers. Chris Benoit defeated Hector Guerrero. High Voltage fought Hard Body Harrison and Jack Boot to a no contest. Because <laughs> you've got to def- uh, protect both of those teams. <laughs> right. World uh, WCW Cruiserweight Champion Dean Malenko defeated Juventud Guerrera. Diamond Dallas Page defeated the Cheetah Kid, Prince Iakea again. Mm-hmm. Jacques Rougeau and Carl Ouellette defeated Chavo Guerrero Jr. and Bobby Eaton. And the WCW Television Champion Lord Steven Regal defeated Psychosis. Then on Sunday in the morning on Worldwide, Disco Inferno uh, defeated Alex Wright. Chavo Guerrero defeated Brad Armstrong. Billy Kidman defeated Mr. JL. Chris Jericho defeated the Cheetah Kid. And Public Enemy, uh, who are apparently back from their surgeries, uh, defeated the Renegade and Joe Gomez, who are apparently still alive. And are not the same person. (laughs) (laughs) Then on Pro Sunday night, Alex Wright defeated Casey Thompson. Bobby Eaton defeated Billy Kidman. Kevin Sullivan, Big Bubba Rogers, in the Faces of Fear, actually he's just Big Bubba now, uh, defeated Mr. JL, Joe Gomez, and Scott and Steve Armstrong. So there's another Steve in WCW we have not seen in the entire time we've been doing this wow. podcast. Super Colo defeated Chavo Guerrero Jr., or probably Chavo defeated Super Colo. Conan defeated Mike Wenner, and Dean Malenko and Rey Mysterio, uh, they showed it. I think it was actually just the one from Saturday Night a couple weeks ago, though, where Dean retained. Oh, ah, sure. So there is... You can all rest easy. You can all breathe a deep sigh of relief. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's Tim uh, interjecting here, uh, doing a little special recording in the, while I'm in the middle of editing. Uh, so Dave is long since gone. This is about a week after the fact. But I'm editing this worldwide edition. I realized there was a few things... Uh, that I forgot to bring up that I wanted to include here on Worldwide Edition. Uh, the first of which is I wanted to, uh, we saw Zero, uh, Chigusa Nagao, uh, debut on Nitro in her match against Malaya Hosaka in our last episode. And I talked a lot about the Crush Gals, uh, her huge Hulk Hogan-esque uh, in terms of fame and importance in Japanese culture in the 80s and early 90s. Uh, we certainly talked a lot about them, but I wanted to play one of their songs. Uh, we said their first hit was Bible of Fire. Uh, I wasn't able to find that one, uh, but this one is called Arashi no Denetsu. Densetsu? Sorry if I'm just horribly pro- mispronouncing that. Uh, I believe that it translates to The Story of the Storm. 
And uh, let's let's hear a little Crush Gals. And one of the other uh, things that I really wanted to touch on that uh, is going to play into uh, the story in our next Nitro, and we'll talk about it in our next Nitro because they show replays uh, the next Nitro, but it's important, you know, where we're talking about the syndication results. Uh, so I read the results of Saturday Night, but one thing I did not mention was that there was a backstage segment where Nick Patrick and Alan Sharp were being interviewed by Mean Gene Okerlund. Uh, doing their usual bit. We have seen the footage from this past Monday on Nitro, Mr. Patrick, Mr. Sharp, and I think it's very obvious that once again, you disqualify someone who did not deserve being disqualified in World Championship Wrestling. First of all, Shivoni, how many times do we have to go over this? I and the legal counsel, you direct all questions to me. Is this too hard for you to understand? It's not hard for me to understand, but isn't it apparent what's going on here? Are you questioning 16 years of officiating expertise? I don't think so. I don't think I'm the only one questioning 16 years of officiating. As a matter of fact, let's bring in Teddy Long and the man in question here, Chris Jericho. Whoa, hold on here. Wait a minute now. Gentlemen, we're conducting an interview. Just settle down here. Teddy, go ahead. I've got one thing to say. Nitro after Nitro, you've cost this man every match that he's been in. Now I've got something to say to you, Mr. Sharp. Last week, you investigated my past. This week, I investigated your past. Isn't it true that your law firm is called Do We Cheat Em and How? Ha, ha, ha. I get it. Just the facts. Your daddy was a hockey goon. And you are simply a goon, Jericho. This with my father. This is between you and me and nobody else. So what are we doing here? Hey, let me say one thing right now. Let me, let me clear the air. Nick Patrick, Nick Patrick, you know and everybody else knows that this young superstar could take one hand tied behind his back and beat you on any given day. Wait a minute. I can't believe what I just heard. Did you just make, in front of six million people, a verbal binding agreement that Jericho will challenge my client, Nick Patrick, with one arm tied behind his back? Is that what you just Is that it? Wait a second, Teddy. Wait a second, Teddy. You know what, Teddy? 
I think I can beat Nick Patrick with one hand tied behind my back. As a matter of fact, I know I can. Mr. Patrick, can I ask him this question? Nick Patrick, how do you feel? <laughs> I feel like the real deal, Evander Holyfield. As a matter of fact, I think I've got the cure. My neck's starting to feel a little bit better already, Mr. Jericho. Well, I'm sure it is, finally. And I think we may have a match in the works, and we'll have more in just a moment on TBS. Then uh, Jericho came and uh, interrupted them, and there was more bickering back and forth. And uh, Teddy Long was there, and Teddy Long said in the midst of the arguing that Jericho would be capable of beating up Nick Patrick with one arm tied behind his back. Uh, and Alan Sharp interprets that as not only a challenge, but as a binding verbal agreement to a match with that stipulation. So that is a match... Uh, that is getting added to Starcade from this episode of Saturday Night is uh, Chris Jericho versus referee Nick Patrick, where Jericho will have one arm tied behind his back. Uh, that seems like bad lawyering by Sharp, which is, I guess, consistent, if nothing else, with his character. Uh, so that's something that I wanted to mention. And then uh, we try to, on the Worldwides, uh, we, we were in kind of a rush. We wanted to, uh, Dave wanted to get home and... Uh, we wanted to watch that Kofi versus um, Kofi versus Seth Rollins match from the Raw after Mania. Uh, so we we parted ways, and we did not talk about something that excites us in wrestling uh, in the current week, you know, or or not the current week, but the current era. What's something right now that has you excited about wrestling? And uh, the thing I wanted to talk about is Orange Cassidy. Now a lot of you listening are probably have been aware of him for a while, but it really wasn't until WrestleMania week that I finally got to see kind of what he's all about. He did a local indie here a few months ago that I missed, but I am seeing him in uh, August at a show, so I'm excited for that. Uh, if you haven't seen his deal, it's kind of like he's a laid-back, like, too cool for wrestling. Like, he, he does a lot of spots walking around with his hand in his pockets and sort of refusing to wrestle, and then, you know, his opponents usually get mad and he does some kind of dodges and high spots where he keeps his hands in his pockets or sometimes he's literally drinking orange juice. Uh, so kind of, it's just an amazing, um, it's taking the idea in wrestling of, of getting over while not doing anything uh, and it's taking it to like its logical extreme in a way that I think is really funny and is really a fun way to play with the art form of wrestling. Uh, so the thing that I am currently excited about in wrestling is Orange Cassidy. Uh, I think, if, uh, based on his Twitter, uh, I, I forget her name, and I'm not gonna look it up now, but I know AEW just signed a Japanese lady that Dave was really excited about. He knows a lot more about women's independent wrestling than I do, um, so maybe we'll ask him about it in the next week's Worldwide episode to talk about that, but, so I'm picking that. I'm choosing for Dave. If Dave actually listens to this episode, this will be, <laughs> this will be him finding out what he's excited about, uh, but anyway... Those were just a few little extra bases that I wanted to make sure to cover. Uh, I am I need to take it easy in a chair. I, I had a, some medical procedure the other day, so I'm just doing a bunch of podcast-related stuff, and I had nothing better to do than whip out the Blue Yeti. Uh, different mic than we normally use, so if I sound different from the rest of the recording, that's why. But I wanted to take it out and uh, tell you guys uh, those last details and play for you that Crush Gal song. It's just uh, it's not important necessarily to the Nitro story. It's just... 
I like providing all this fun context, and that's what these worldwide episodes are all about, is giving you guys uh, full context, interesting stories from the world of wrestling. Uh, and speaking of that, a few people have reached out and said what they thought on Twitter. Uh, but if you could, I'm, I'm very curious whether people like this new format where we... Uh, where we put out a fuller, longer episode kind of covering the rest of wrestling and we break it off separate from the Nitros. This will be, I think, the third one that we've done like this. And I just want to know uh, from a fan's perspective or a listener's perspective, uh, if you guys are liking it this way, you prefer the old way, if you'd rather we just cover Nitro and not talk about the WWF, ECW at all, uh, just, uh, you know, not everyone's going to agree and, and I don't know what we're going to decide to do. I've been liking it personally. Um, and we've got some fun stuff. I'm actually researching our next episode and uh, putting together some audio clips from some different sources. <laughs> and uh, I don't want to spoil anything, but it's, it's going to be a real interesting. Uh, there's a lot to talk about next week and one particularly ugly incident um, that's going to certainly get a lot of attention. So we will talk about all that uh, in our next worldwide episode. But before that, of course, is going to be the November 18th. 1996 Monday Nitro uh, there's going to be some real twists and turns in the story of the NWO and I'm real excited to cover them all right here where the big boys play 20 years of Nitro <laughs> <laughs>